here and that lets you save look here true form life green look on Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. All right, thanks so much for being here on this edition of the show. I always appreciate your time to come in and see what we have going on each week. Now, today we have Rick Titan coming on for an interview, and he's going to talk about how to crush crush stress. Rick's going to talk about the stress he went through during his professional wrestling career, as well as how to reduce stress in life afterwards. Now as a teacher, a professional, a speaker, and author, he's going he's gonna to go through a number of different tips to help us reduce stress. Before we get into that, just a quick word from our sponsor, MAK Mystic Expressions. Now this is a Himalayan salt company that specializes in pink salt. Now I think this is a small transition we can all take from moving from white salt to pink salt to improve our health. Now if you head over to MAK Mystic Expressions, they have all types of different products and information to help you better understand how pink salt can improve your life. You can find them at makmystic.com. As I was saying, we have Rick Titan coming on air with us. We're going to talk about how to crush stress. Now, he has all types of different tips, some that he uses in his seminars, some that he talks about in his book, and he even has a free giveaway at the end of the show, so you're going to want to stick around for that. Sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up on... This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host... Drew Tadia. All right, so we have Rick Titan on with us today on Exploring Mind and Body. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Rick. Thanks so much. It's great to be here, Drew. So today we're going to talk about how to crush your stress. Now, this is a topic I very much enjoy talking about. In fact, I feel like stress, you know, is such a major concern in today's day and age that if we could reduce the stress, we could significantly improve our health. Why did you choose stress as a topic that you focus on? Well, 15 years ago, I just finished my career as a professional wrestler, and that was stressful because there's no take two in wrestling. Also being on the road all the time, having injuries all the time, and then contracts running up. Just never knew where you stood, and I was constantly stressed out. And even after the career was over, just you know, kind of getting back into normal life, working normal jobs, I was still wired all the time. I was still super stressed. And it was probably because of 10 years of conditioning. So that's something to take a look at, you know, your environment and how you were brought up, if your parents were stressed out or not. And uh, the third thing would be pinpointing what that stress is. Some of us can say it's one thing, it's their job, maybe it's your spouse. But it can be kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back after a while, where a whole bunch of little things get to you. But if you can get into a state, a relaxed state, I love meditation myself, but even just to sit down and contemplate a bit and try and figure out what the main thing is, or at least pick them apart one at a time, almost like dissecting something, you know. And then you can figure out what that stress point is. makes it a lot easier to have that awareness. And as we know, awareness is key. All right, so before we get into, we dive into stress specifically, let's talk about your background a bit. You seem to have an interesting background from learning from monks to a wrestling career. Let's start off with wrestling. Tell me what that was like and how that related to stress a little bit more than what you previously mentioned. 
in the very beginning, the first thing you learn how, is how to fall safely. And if you don't know how to fall or if you don't know how to take certain roles, you can get hurt automatically. So there's a lot of stress and that performance anxiety. For me, the bigger the crowd, the better it was. But I once wrestled in front of 50,000 people. That was a little bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> and uh, I've done a little bit of acting, too. you know. And if you screw it up, you can take another take after take. And with live wrestling, you can't. And Bret Hart, a friend of mine once called it choreographed suicide. He uh, he said he forgot to duck an elbow from Dino Bravo or didn't hear him say, I think it was duck the clothesline actually, and he caught him right in the nose and cracked him wide open. And uh, it's, it's bizarre just being in there, the pressure of live performance, especially when it comes to you could get hurt, injured. I actually cracked my C5, C6 vertebrae in the ring. So what was that like? That must have been stressful on its own. How long did it take you to recover? Well, uh, I had one more wrestling tour in Japan to do, and so I had it just coincided with three months off. and And I went to the doctors. He did an X ray, got an MRI done. They couldn't see anything wrong, and uh, I just knew there was something really wrong. I had a concussion, probably the first concussion of my life. It just, you know, once you're starting to do things and, you know, you don't really have the tools anymore, I was getting pretty broken down physically. Couldn't turn my head really left or right. And uh, I knew it was coming to an end. So that part was really stressful, too. Something I've been doing for 10 years and I poured my heart and soul into. And then it was all over suddenly. Of course, the finances come with that, too. And that's stressful. How are you able to move on from, we know what you do now, we'll talk about that some more, but how are you able to transition from knowing what you know as a professional athlete to moving forward in life? I think that's so difficult for athletes. You know, you have your identity, you have what you do, and then you retire, you're injured, then you have to get to the next level. What was that like for you? Yeah, that's actually a chapter in my book, Wrestling with Consciousness. It's just job identification. We get so caught up in what we do. I did real estate for a few years, so I considered myself a realtor. And that job, you're nine to nine, seven days a week as a a newbie realtor. And you really do get caught up in what you do, and you kind of forget who you are. And that part of kind of identity clinging, you think that's the core of your being at the time, or I did anyway, and I know a lot of other people do then when that's lost, it's like you've lost yourself. But if you do a practice of of finding your core regularly, for me, I knew that it had to be just plain Rick afterwards and really dig around and find out who I was. And I started reading a lot of Eastern philosophies and and studying personal development shortly after that. I just sort of instinctively knew that that's what I needed to pay attention to in order to get out of my funk. What was it like living with monks? How did you make that decision and what does it look like? I mean, I suppose it's based around your lifestyle and reducing stress, but tell me more about that. That's quite interesting to me. Well, I actually went to a center called Exhobia Buddhist Center, so I didn't live with them, but I was there three days a week for about three hours at a time for four years. I learned a lot about myself. I learned, you know, from growing up and being very competitive and always being in sports and then getting into professional wrestling, which we know the results are predetermined, but you always want to look really good in there. And the top guys are always trying to kick the lower guys off the ladder for fear of taking this spot. And, you know, sometimes bravery is actually just fear. It's funny how you start to understand these psychological things a little bit more. And I started to learn more about compassion and about dropping self-cherishing is the term that he used, my teacher, and uh, cherishing others more. And once I started to figure that out and, and looked at helping others rather than just, you know, performing for them or... I was even a bouncer for a few years in, in the interim in there, and it was always against others. 
And what they found about, you know, in the yoga philosophies, you'll see that too, just to serve, totally turn my life around. What did you do for the three hours a day, three times a week? Seems like a long time <laughs> to me anyways. Yeah, I know. We had a book that was about as thick as an encyclopedia to study. And uh, I gave it to my girlfriend the other day. I said, just pick a page in the middle and just read it to me. And she's into Reiki. She's a Reiki master and, and, and massage therapy as well and all kinds of different practices numerology and angel cards and she read it and she said well i think this one part out of about five uh means this and i said well it kind of means that but i I think they're trying to kind of get at the opposite let me explain it to you and so that's what we would do we'd sit down with the monk his name was punsog and uh, they mean spiritual gathering of people and we'd sit down with him and he would explain and tell us what the tibetan and the sanskrit words meant and how our society, in a sense, is kind of backwards. You know, we do things so competitively, so head-buttingly, and we're always looking over our shoulder and, and uh, competing with the Joneses. And there's just really no competition in it. It's just, you know, really loving other people and love in an unconditional, altruistic kind of a way. And I don't think that as children or, or teens or even as adults a lot of times that we're taught to love other people in an altruistic way. And once I saw that and felt that and, and felt that sense from him and in that room with the others, it shifts you. Why did you stop going to this monastery? Monastery, is that correct? Uh, yeah, you can call it that. It wasn't like a big building or anything. It was more of a center, but they're all considered monasteries, I suppose. Um, I, I felt like I'd learned enough. At one point, he... And I was studying a bunch of other things, too. I was studying Taoism and Hinduism and yoga, yoga philosophies, meaning the eight limbs of yoga, which isn't necessarily the exercise. All the, the asanas, the exercise, are a great part of it. They're only one of the eight limbs. So there are seven other big philosophies that people are missing in modern-day yoga. I just felt like I wanted to, to share some of it, but I also knew that the demographic of it was pretty narrow. Our classrooms weren't very big. The people were very, very dedicated. There was a lot of bowing and prostrating and, and chanting, and I knew it wasn't for the masses. And I wanted to, as I studied more on personal development and coaching, I wanted to get the information out, but I knew they wouldn't accept it as it was sent there. I knew I needed to drift away from that information just a bit because it was it's really hard to comprehend. And I always said that, you know, when we were reading that book for the first, let's say, Power of each class when I first started, it was like mentally trying to scramble up a mountain in Banff or something like that. And, and it was all shale. And you're just trying to keep up. And you get this pounding headache after the first hour of two and a half, three hours. But you just push yourself through it. And most people aren't ready to sit down and do that kind of learning. So I thought I'd step free of it for a little while and, and implement those kinds of strategies in a more simplistic way. Like I've got a let go acronym for learning how to detach from things, Buddhist detachment. I've got the stress acronym. I've got the anger acronym that help people stop getting angry. And it's a, it's a simple process and it's pretty cool. What what is can I ask what the book is? Is that a open to the public? It is. You used to be able to get it in chapters. It was called the Joyful Path of Good Fortune. So very Tibetan. 
All right, so I want to tell you about the Silver Fern Aesthetic and Vein Clinic. Now, they specialize in a few areas. One is skin care. They'll tell you the difference between professional skin care and over-the-counter skin care. This is something that they specialize in as well as offering education to their customers and clients. Mineral makeup is one of their non-toxic type of products. They have no talc, perfume, dyes, alcohol, or anything else that may clog your pores. They also specialize in varicose and spider veins. I actually had the opportunity to stop in there and they helped me better understand who's more likely to get them, how to treat them, and even how to prevent them. And then they also offer detoxing products and services such as their universal contour wrap. They offer a clay solution. This gets rid of toxins, increases your energy levels, and much more. If you want more details, visit their Facebook page at Silver Fern Aesthetic and Vein Clinic. They're also offering free consultations from Dr. Jackson and their other skincare professionals. You can find them in Didsbury across from the train station, or you can give them a call at 403-335-8829. Now, you talked about discovering your stress. Now, I, I know I, I love this topic because I think many times we're stressed out. We have no idea. Well, first of all, we have no idea we're stressed out. It just becomes normal. And then we have no yeah. idea. So how do we discover the stress that's weighing us down? Well, part of it is people can take up a very simple meditation. I know there are millions out there on the internet right now. You can go to a studio nearby uh, to get a basic meditation, to kind of tune in, to get centered. And then when you can get tuned in and centered, now a lot of people can do that just by sitting down. My father doesn't meditate, but he's a very contemplative guy. And I think there's a certain breathing level. You know, when you start breathing, you start to change the physiology of and oxygenate the blood. And then in the brain, you oxygenate the blood and the brain as well. Some people do walking meditations. Uh, I prefer seated because then I'm, I'm totally non-distracted. But, uh, you know, so you oxygenate the blood and the brain, and that gets going. What happens is scientists have shown that we go from what's called beta brainwave level, which is what we have right now as you're speaking, to a deeper level, and it becomes alpha brainwave level. So once you get into there, or even just a fully relaxed state, then you can start to see things that you don't normally see. And also on alpha brainwave level, you can see down to the subconscious a little bit. It's almost like hypnotherapy. In fact, the same brainwaves that they use when they hypnotize people. So how do you get into this state? Is it the duration of you meditating or breathing, or is it certain breathing patterns? How do you reach that subconscious level? It's really pretty simple. You know, it's, you just have to be dedicated. It's sort of like working out, you know, even three times a week for five to ten minutes a day. And you just take a few deep breaths in all the way out. Try to relax your body. I've got a, an audio if people would like. They can email me at rickatricktitan.com. It's free. And it's just a body part by body part relaxation. And you can sit there in that space and try not to let the mind get too distracted. That's a challenge. And uh, we call it monkey mind, actually. The mind goes like a monkey swinging from tree to tree. I forgot to take out the garbage. I've got to pay that bill. I've got to do this with the kids. And to try and settle that, you know, to try to keep bringing it back, watch the breath. There's another good technique. It's just counting the breath. One on the inhale, two on the exhale. One on the inhale, two on the exhale. And then you get into space, and then you get into that oxygenated blood. Then you get into that alpha brainwave state. And then you're very settled and calm especially after that body part by body part, when I call it the balloon meditation, like you're inflating a balloon in your head, then your neck, and so on down the body. And then you get centered. 
And when you're centered, you can start looking around what's going on inside. And a lot of people don't like to do that. I mean, it can be kind of scary. When you say meditate on stress points, so I'd imagine where you're meditating for, uh, you know, three times a week, a few times a day, however that works for you. Then we get to our subconscious mind. Is, mm -hmm. that, is it easier to find the stress points that way? Is that the next step is to find those stress points and meditate on them? Yeah, yeah. So you start to poke around down there and visualize that there's that you're in your subconscious mind or say even in your belly kind of what's the emotion that's been nagging away and why have, why has my stomach been turning or why do I have this this oomph kind of feeling in my sternum, you know, or a lump in my throat or or pressure in my head from a little bit of anger, frustration, resentment, whatever that may be. And you try and search out what that feeling is and even put a label on it. Or figure out is it a person situation or thing that's really getting to me person situation or thing and you keep looking and looking and when you look you can usually see you know this this situation at work has really been bothering me okay who's been involved and there's something else called shempa it's the emotional charge that's a tibetan word shempa and uh, it can be an emotional charge that's positive or negative but here we're looking for something negative you know, so say it was my my boss that uh, keeps treating me this way and is condescending. And then we can also look for a solution, though. I mean, guided meditation is always the best. But if you can do a little bit of that on your own, just do a little searching and get centered. A lot of times you can figure out a solution, and it's just something as simple as, I need to draw a boundary. Well, when they say that, I say this, and I need to be treated with respect. And when and, you uh, with some people it doesn't work, but, you know. <laughs> and so, what does does shenpa mean? Emotional change, emotional charge, charge. Yeah. And what can you so explain like that sort of a, more? Sure, it's like that oomph, right? That in the gut, or the the queasy quick feeling, or like seeing an X all of a sudden, um, or somebody does something that gets you kind of choked and fired up. And I don't mean fired up in a good way. And all of a sudden you get this kind of an emotional charge. It, it can be a physical charge a lot of times too. When you talk about triggers, does that have to do with Shenpa and the emotional charge or is this slightly different? Sure. So we can get triggered. And if we've become fairly masterful at this, uh, the same thing can happen, but we don't get triggered. I just give a quick example of I was in two car accidents when I was still wrestling and very aggressive. And uh, I actually, shamefully enough, got out of my vehicle, told the guy to get out of his car because he rear-ended me and I was going to beat him up. I doubt I would have because I valued my uh, legal status, but uh, that was my frame of mind. Second one, I had been studying with a monk for about two years. And I go, well, geez, um, am I hurt? Uh, is he hurt? Because my space inside was calm. And it was calm on a regular basis because every day or if you, even three times a week, you go back to that space of peace and calm, right back to it, back to it. All of a sudden, it starts to emanate, or it starts to seep through your pores practically, and you become more naturally at peace and, and finding a space of just okayness, which I like. I like that word, okayness. How do you get there? Is that through breath, through meditation, through reducing stress? Yeah, you, do, you can do that, and you can read philosophies, there, uh, Taoism is one of my favorites, and I grew up in the Bruce Lee era, so I, I read a lot of Bruce Lee's Taoist, it's T-A-O, 
And uh, they've got some cute books too, The Tao of Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, and it talks about Eeyore and his attitude and points out all these things and ways of thinking and philosophies on ways of thinking. Some of the Taoist is pretty deep. Even the Dalai Lama, he's got a bunch of great books out that say, okay, if this circumstance happens in your life, then you can choose to feel this way. And one of my favorite sayings when I start a seminar is I just yell out, the tail does not wag the dog. And people are kind of taken aback. And I said, do you know what that means? Well, yeah, the tail's wagging back and forth. It looks like it's under its own control. But really, what's happening is it's the dog's mind, but it's the dog's subconscious mind. And we want our our external circumstances or our external feelings, which is like the tail, to run us or rule us, or would we rather rule our own mind? If you were to do a seminar and you had to talk about your top three tips, just wrapping up here, what could our listeners do today, right now, to take action towards reducing stress? One that I really like is right on the left-hand side of the paper, what do I refuse to accept in my life within myself and others? We can't be hypocritical about it, right? Uh, I grew up with a lot of yelling, European background. I don't blame them. It's just the way everybody did things, but I was pretty knee-jerking sometimes. And so as I got older, I refused to accept yelling in my life. And uh, on the opposite side of that page, write a line down the middle of it, what do I absolutely have to have in my life in order to be happy? within myself and others. And you can choose to draw boundaries there and make them very solid and have them written out. And, and really for me, I wrote out all the negative ones and then I took a couple of days and really thought about what the opposite of those negatives were. Okay, well, if it's not yelling, what is it? And for me, I wasn't a big fan of the word serenity, but after looking at that paper for about four days and trying to think of just what felt the best, I thought, yeah, serenity is what I want in my life. That's what it takes for me to be happy. All right, so I just want to take a moment to tell you about the tire shop here in Olds. Now, to be honest with you, I'm not really a car person. I wouldn't be the first to fix, well, anything. <laughs> so that's why I trust some a company like the tire shop. When I bring my car in there, I always know that it's going to get quality service. I really love the customer service. It's, it's bar none. They treat you like family. And this is a family-run business for 40 years so they're definitely doing something right. And they're not just a tire company. So they do oil, brakes, tune-ups, your battery, wheel alignment. They do all kinds of different things to service your car. And now that winter's on the way, it's definitely a good time to get your car checked out, have someone that you trust and, and believe in, and to support the community as well as a local tire shop. You can reach them at 403 556-7660 or if you want to stop in they're at 5903 Imperial Way right behind Napa so what's going on with you Rick do you have a, a new book coming out I know you have a couple and then you have seminars can you tell us tell our audience what you have going on and how they can get a hold of you yeah, we well, can Facebook me, uh, send me on Facebook. That's always great. I'm happy to do that. I've got portions of my book that I'm putting out, Kick the Crap Out of Your Stress. And you can go there, go to my blog at ricktitan.com. I'm putting out the blog piece by piece on the new book. And it does tell a lot of what I was talking about and more, some fun stories, etc. I've got a whole bunch of audio, so I'm happy to give away a lot of those for free just to help people out and get them started on the road. got a seminar coming up April 30th. I call it the Titan Technique. So it's got four segments. The first segment is to let go of the painful past, and it helps people get into that centered space. It helps them take a look at that. And again, it's a little bit of a painful exercise sometimes, 
I know my mother had a problem with it. She's about 75 years old now, but she finally let go of something that was terrific. And uh, the next one is how to crush yourself, sabotage. So the things that block us from our success, the things that block us in relationships, the emotions or roadblocks, the things maybe even from childhood that come up, and we help discover them, pinpoint them, pull them out. And I do that through guided meditation mostly and through philosophy. And the next one is anger. How to let go of anger. You know, we all have it one way or another, that uncomfortable pressure cooker feeling right to the other extreme of exploding. And the final one is how to fire it up. And I actually use a little bit of a wrestling exercise in there. I'm going to keep that a little bit of a secret right now. <laughs> but it's really about how I used to get fired up before a match. And a lot of times I'd walk out there, I'd hear the music. There are 10,000 people waiting on the other side of that door. And I was beat up, stiff and sore, but out there working five days a week uh, for about a month. And I just you know, didn't feel like it. I was just tired, homesick. Didn't want to go get beat up anymore. Didn't even want to see the fans. I just wanted to take my ball and go home. But I found a method to get psyched up no matter what, no matter how much you don't feel like it, no matter what the situation is. I mean, cold calls, for example. A lot of people hate making cold calls. And you can get psyched up for that and just go for it. That's part of it. And the other part is the calm confidence section, which I do when I teach the, the meditation. It's another guided meditation so that you can get calm, you can get centered, you can feel totally positive and totally confident and move forward in your goals. Sounds fantastic. Where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can make it down to Calgary April 30th, come on down. <laughs> All right. And then you said, just briefly real quick, on, you said you had some audio that maybe our listeners could check out. Is that on your website? I've got one for sale on my website, uh, but I've got a bunch of free ones, and so they can feel free. I'm sure I'm not going to get a million, so I'll keep up with them. They can feel free to email me at rick at ricktitan.com. Just say they heard me on your radio show. And I'll send them a couple of emails, tell them what they want, stress, if they want to let go of the past, if they're having trouble with self-sabotage or anger, and I'll send them off something for free, free gift. Awesome. Thanks for doing that for our listeners here. All right, Rick, I'm going to let you get going on that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. Great story, and I love your stress tips. I so much appreciate your time coming on and sharing with our audience. Awesome. Thank you, Drew. It's been a pleasure. And I'm so happy to be able to spread the word around and help take these you know, simple steps to move life forward and just live a happier life. That's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Just before I get, let you go, a quick word from some of our longtime sponsors. We have Health Street here in Olds, have some of the highest standards in Canada for their health products. You can also find them at healthstreet.ca. We have Shoppers Drug Mart, again, a longtime sponsor, very community-orientated. We so much appreciate their help. Again, they're here in Olds. We have AG Foods in Didsbury who've also been with us from the very beginning. We just did a, a big uh, shopping tour with our fitness class, which was a blast. What we did is we went over there, got a bunch of food, and we donated all to the food bank, which was fantastic. And there's so many people talking about all the healthy options they have there, which is surprising coming from just a conventional grocery store, which AG Foods is a little more than. So check out AG Foods in Didsbury. And I'll mention GDK Gravel and Sand here again at the end. And lastly, if you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to visit trueformlife.com for our free 
10-day fitness challenge. I'm going to send you 10 different workouts in 10 days. All at-home workouts, all no equipment required, all video explanations, printable PDFs. All you have to do is head over to trueformlife.com. On the main page, you can enter in your email address, you'll find more details, and you can start that challenge today. Once again, thank you so much for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com. Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia would not be possible without the help of GDK Gravel and Sand. GDK Gravel and Sand, now offering all products in half and one yard bags. Give them a call today for more information. 1-877-335-2091.